Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, June the 28th. Again, thank you for listening. Good morning, Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Tim Wellman. Good morning, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. We uh, want to say a special hello to everyone who was in town for the Marriage, Family, and Life Conference, right, Ed? Yeah, absolutely. We had uh, 1,300 thereabouts registered and, uh, I guess, in attendance for that conference. I was there on Friday afternoon and uh, much of the day on Saturday, and, boy, it was just fantastic. Great speakers, the people who were in attendance. We had one of the things that's unique about this conference is that parents bring their kids, and we don't just have daycare for the kids. They had tracks where they were learning about, you know, apologetics and mm-hmm. philosophy and logic even. And uh, uh, so uh, it was, It we heard nothing but good. Uh, and we sold out like three months in advance or so. Right. Uh, yeah. And could have probably doubled the attendance, but we just didn't have space. So we're going to do it again next year. Yeah. Special thanks to the uh, Addisons and the Hamiltons. Yeah, Will in and particular. Mickey. And Abraham our whole team Hamilton here. Third and his yeah. wife Maria, and yeah, uh, I, you know, it came in Friday morning. Of course, we had the show, you and yeah. I, and JJ uh, trivia Friday, so we were here. Uh, the conference w- started Thursday night and was ongoing Friday morning. But many of our departments here were completely, completely dark because yeah. everyone was there volunteering, and they did a great job uh, volunteering for that. So the people who were in attendance got to meet a lot of people here at American Family Association, American Family Radio, that you don't hear on the air, for example. They don't necessarily write articles for the journal or for One News Now, but they are kind of the the backbone of the ministry. So a lot of folks got to meet those people who are behind the scenes here at American Family Association. Special tip of the hat, too, to all the the adult volunteers who took care of the kids. Oh, yes. I, I just admire them so much. It takes somebody very special, especially the little ones. Right. Uh, they had some of these blow-up kind of things for the little ones. Yes. And uh, there wasn't just a few there. We're talking dozens and dozens. Yeah. And that takes special individuals to keep them active while mom and dad are listening to the speakers. Right. Uh, they're in there keeping these kids busy the whole time. So tip of the hat to those folks. Yeah, I'm I'm not one of those people. No, I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not either. You have to have a calling. Yes, yeah. yes you do. Don't you think? Yes. yes. Or probably in your case, Ed, you have to have a, a call and then some sort of fleece. <laughs> well, a calling, some sort of fleece, and then some sort of threat. And maybe an audible voice from God. Uh, yeah, but if that you got, be. If you got it, to work with children, if you got a fleece. Yes, and and an audible voice. Right. And what else did you say you needed? A threat. A threat. <laughs> yes. Those three things you you would. And and let let's face it. I'm basically saying the threat is all that's <laughs> that's that's what's carrying the day. <laughs> well, fellas, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, Wednesday. Maybe Thursday. I don't know. We'll have to see. 
I've heard the reason yeah. for this. Why don't you share well, with our, my, my, our alma, listeners? Well, my alma mater, Mississippi State University, is uh, playing Vanderbilt University at the College World Series for the uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's a three-game series, and the winner is the, crowned the national champion. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> Alice and I don't have kids at home anymore. That's, that's right. So we don't have to worry about it. We just get yep. in the van and go. Yep. So we're going to drive uh, leaving this afternoon. Obviously, we'll miss game one, which is tonight. Right. And then, But we'll be there for game two. Two and maybe three if yeah. it goes three games. Who knows? This is kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. By yeah. the way, I forgot to tell you that uh, Fred and I are also going to be gone. Yeah. We're going to go watch going the first game NHL. of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tam- We're flying down to Tampa. <laughs> so what are we going to Are we going to have smooth jazz here tomorrow <laughs> for the rest smooth of the week? Jazz. No, we'll be here. We'll, we will Holding be here. Holding down the fort? Yeah. yeah. We'll be Holding down the fort. All right, Dave, have you ever been to any kind of finals in anything? Uh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. No. The Bruins. I, I've I saw I've seen the Bruins uh, on a number of occasions, but just regular season. I've yeah. never, um, uh, never been to uh, you know been seen professional baseball. But, but the football. Stanley Cup Finals this year are exciting. Yeah, uh, the Canadians, Montreal Canadiens, uh, are in a playoff series for the first time since 1993. That's a long time. Well, first time in the finals. In the finals yeah. since 1993. And of course, the uh, defending champions are the other team, the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. Which, which poses, I'll just say this I know there's a lot of our listeners who patiently wait <laughs> while we get our hockey talk out of the yeah. way. I will say this 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 is kind of a painful finals for me to watch. I hate Tampa Bay because they knock the Bruins out consistently over the last several years. Right. I've always hated the Canadians because the Bruins. <laughs> Hate the Montreal Canadiens like right. Red Sox fans hate Yank the Yankee New right. York Yankees in baseball, and now both of them are in the finals. So I'm basically rooting for both teams to lose. <laughs> Although uh, I probably so, so what I'm gathering here Canadians. is you are a one person hate group. I yeah. Well, when it comes to these, the SPL, teams, you will be on the SPLC list as a one person hate group yeah, here before that's long. True. Huh? That's that's true. You just self confessed you hate. You hate the Tampa Bay team, Lightning. You hate and the Montreal, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I probably am going to pull for the Canadians to win because I hate. First of all, I hate Tampa Bay that much, but I I do. Well, I this do like deep, man. I do like Canada. This is almost getting. And, uh, you need a counselor or something. Man. <laughs> I, just the words Tampa Bay and hockey throw me for a complete loop. Yeah. right there, huh? They have a Florida, uh, another Flor- Florida, Florida, team. Floridian, the Florida Floridians on ice. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just usually, have to, it's usually you, Disney. You just have to remember, though, that eighty percent of the population of Tampa, yeah, is from the north. From the north, yeah. <laughs> duly noted. Yeah. All right. Again, we thank you for listening. If you want to join us on what Ed calls that there internet, you just need to go to Facebook or YouTube. Facebook or YouTube, and you type in today's issues on Facebook or YouTube, and you can uh, watch the show there. We also uh, post the stories that we discuss here on our Today's Issues Facebook page. Go ahead, Fred. Well, the Supreme Court justices are trying to get away on vacation, but uh, before they can go, they've got a large list of decisions they have to make before they leave town. Release. I think they've already made them. Uh, They've already made the decisions, but they have to announce them. them. Yes. Well, they announced one more this morning. Okay. All right. This 
decision involves a uh, school district, Gloucester County, Virginia. You may remember this one. This is one of the first cases involving a student who claimed to be a sex other than what they were at birth. In this case, it's a female who decided she wanted to be a boy, called herself Gavin Grimm. Now, the school district said that she had to use the bathroom of her sex at birth or a separate bathroom altogether. She and her lawyers uh, went to town on that and said, we don't accept that. They went to a uh, state court who ruled against the school district. The case then went up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court basically said this morning, we're not interested in hearing an appeal. So that tells me the lower court uh, ruling against the school district stands. It does. As it is. Uh, The exceptions in the uh, Supreme Court decision were Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas. They wanted to hear the board's appeal, uh, but the rest said no. So this is another case of where it seems the transgender issue uh, gets the court's support. And so that means, I I assume, uh, I'm not a legal expert, but it means now that in similar cases across the country, uh, there's not much of a hope if it goes up, uh, their cases go up to the United States Supreme Court. I don't think the Supreme Court wants to decide. I don't don't think they want to make a decision on this. Mm. And that's unfortunate because these kinds of cases are going to multiply and multiply. It's going to be everywhere. Mm. And the the Supreme Court already in its last decision, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the Michigan case, that they they ruled in favor of the transgender approach when it comes to employment. Um, they have opened up Pandora's box. and I mean, we're talking about states now having, because the Supreme Court has done this, Without any, absolutely without any uh, authority from the laws that Congress has passed concerning it or the Constitution, they have done what they did with abortion. They have created a right out of whole cloth. And now, just like they do when they uh, travel down this road, they have opened up Pandora's box. And we're talking about states having to back backtrack and try to protect their female athletes mm-hmm. in high school and college. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is going to grow because the Supreme Court has created this mess, and I understand that why they punted on this. They don't want to have to further investigate it because it's insanity, and, that, and they're going to have to justify that insanity with a long opinion that will be picked apart. So – the court, the Supreme Court, we've complained about this forever. The Supreme Court has grabbed more authority than it is constitutionally entitled to, and it regularly rules on issues that it has no right to rule on, and this is the this is what happens. Well, one of the other cases that's pending is the Baronel Stutzman case uh, out of Washington State. It's been so long since we uh, that 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 case became before the public. Baronel Stutzman a Baptist uh, florist in the Seattle area. Uh, She had a couple of customers that she had dealt with before, but they came to her and they said, we want you to supply flowers for our homosexual wedding. She refused. And the state, the ACLU, you name it, came after her. 
and she has lost at the lower court level. Uh, but her case has now gone up to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court ruling on Jack Phillips, uh, the baker from Colorado, very similar situation. Uh, so we're now waiting on that. Uh, we'll wait to hear whether they are willing to take up the Baronel Stutzman case. So these are these are key rulings when it comes to religious freedom. Yep. There is some hope based on the decision last week out of Philadelphia, what the Supreme Court had to say in that case with regards to uh, a foster yeah, agency. Catholic social services. Uh, being forced to take or uh, ch- putting children in homosexual households. And the court in that case, in a very narrow ruling, yes. very narrow, uh, said that they couldn't be forced to do that. So a lot of really, really important decisions coming out and pending. Yeah. All right. Uh, Florida. We are still watching as crews are working around the clock to try to see if there are some more survivors uh, in the rubble of that condominium that collapsed at Surfside. Uh, They are bringing in crews. I found out this morning there is a rescue crew being brought in from Israel. Uh, Israel has expertise in getting underneath the rubble and finding survivors. And so at the moment, there's at least 150 people who are unaccounted for. Uh, I just saw an interview with uh, the mayor of that area, and sh- she was asked the question, now, unaccounted for, does that necessarily mean that's people that are inside that rubble? They don't know. There may be some people that are somewhere else right now. They're on the list of that 150 names, right. uh, and they could be somewhere else. Um and they're just happen to be on the list of residents there. That that condominium has residents from a lot of different countries. Uh, I think there were some there from Argentina mm. that were staying in that complex. Part two of this story now is, and it didn't take long, is, okay, how did this happen? What happened? What inspections were made of this condominium? We know it's 40 years old. Uh, there have been reports of cracks in the cement uh, that did not go checked, not repaired as as much as as soon as they should have been. There were some residents who have said they heard creaking uh, and and in their floor, you know, in the building. Is 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 that an indicator of something that was not right? Um, there are going to be lawsuits over this. Right. Uh, you can just depend on it. So the search goes on. These crews, they're absolutely amazing. They're going in amongst that rubble. You got to. Remember, this was a 12-story, I think, condominium, and you had the pancaking effect. People have seen the video now. So these people are going in underneath this to try to find um, survivors. And I guess to put hope out there, we have seen this before in earthquakes, southern, uh, southern uh, South America. People survived days, even yeah. sometimes weeks, underneath that rubble. And uh, so... We live in hope. Yeah, because because sometimes there's broken water lines and there's trickle of water. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, some of the stories of survivors have been amazing. Mm-hmm. But it, this is just as stories begin to trickle out. Uh, and Tim, I'm just I just kind of dominating the conversation here. But no, you, go ahead. You, you hear you hear these kind of terrifying stories. I was looking at one here where a husband whose wife was there called him frantically at one thirty in the morning, whatever, and said the building's shaking. And I looked outside where the pool's supposed to be 
and it's gone, just yeah. disappeared into a sinkhole, and then the line goes dead. Mm-hmm. So these are just horror stories of these uh, poor people. Um, hopefully, we'll have some survivors, but yes. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, late Friday afternoon, I've always been told uh, that when the government has a controversial announcement, they're usually going to make it late on Friday afternoon. Well, that was certainly the case of the country's Attorney General, Merrick Garland, uh, came out with an announcement that they are uh, going after the state of Georgia, which has made some changes in their uh, required voter IDs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, needless to say, that has created some controversy. We kind of figured that the Biden administration was going to do this kind of thing, uh, where in the case of Georgia, just adding something with, we want voter ID for absentee ballots. Uh, Stephen Miller, uh, former member of the Trump administration, had this reaction, cut number one. It's a completely political lawsuit for the sole purpose of trying to erode election integrity in this country. One of the most alarming trends that is happening and has been happening in recent years is the left's use of law and law enforcement as a political cudgel, a weapon against their enemies. What distinguishes America historically from failed states, from third world countries, from authoritarian regimes is the idea that the law is a neutral instrument wielded only for the purpose of delivering justice. What you're seeing right now is this Department of Justice attacking an extraordinarily modest election proposal, again, only for the reason of trying to make it easier to commit fraud in an election. So there you have it. That was Stephen Miller on this. And you can expect more of this. Uh, What's really interesting, there were some conservative commentators who were on, I think uh, one of them was uh, Meet the Press on the weekend. It was very interesting what she had to say. Some of the things, the changes that have been made in Georgia are exactly what's in place in many Democratic states. Voter ID, for example. And so uh, the conservatives are saying, okay, uh, Garland Merrick, uh, Merrick Garland, pardon me, and the Biden administration, you seem... You want to target Republican states where these changes are coming in, but why don't you go after the Democrat states which already have these kinds of laws? It's purely, as Stephen Miller said, 100% political. It's weaponizing the Justice Department against your political enemies. Yeah. Yeah. um, The Georgia governor spoke out strongly against this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Governor Kemp about the... uh, Biden Justice Department, which it part of, I would say most of this is theater, right? It's just show the the Dem, uh, Biden administration is wanting to say to their Democratic base, "Hey, we're we're doing something here, serious. We're going, we're we're using the Justice Department to go after Georgia." To to the Democrats, it really doesn't matter what you just talked about, Fred. That uh, Democrat states have the same mm-hmm. voter ID. Yeah. Uh, restrictions, if that's what you want to say, or conditions for voting uh, in Delaware, for example, where President uh, Biden resides. From, yeah, you know they have they have as strict or stricter laws with respect to voting as does Georgia. So it's it's show, it's theater. They're just trying to, and not, not, they do want to get the federal court to overturn the Georgia law, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's as much playing to their base as anything. 
It's race baiting. I mean, that's that's the case. That's the thrust of the Biden administration. Any law, any law they don't like, it has. They try to throw in the race card. But what? Yeah. What? What is it exactly that they are uh, objecting to? Do you guys? Well, the the law makes uh, changes uh, with regards to ID. For example, uh, you have to show your ID if you request an absentee ballot. Okay. For, first of all, if you request an absentee ballot. there's no, what they call, uh, no excuse absentee balloting. You've got to have, you've got to present a reason for requesting an absentee ballot. So you can't just say, I I just want one. You've got to say, I'll be out of town and you've got to present an ID, which I, I, which is insane to, to argue about because I wouldn't want someone to go and just get an absentee ballot in my name. And then I can't vote because I'm now on record as having uh, requested an absentee v- ballot. So they've also done a number of other things uh, that uh, uh, that I would think would make people happy, which they've expanded early voting opportunities. But they said no voting on Sundays. OK, so I, I don't know what the reason for I that think is, they were but- leaving that up to the individual counties. Okay. Yeah, I think that's true. So it, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what look, their, their complaint is. Look, the bottom line is here: the voting law in Georgia does not stop anybody from voting. That's right. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop anybody from voting. And if you're going to say that uh, a an ID is discriminatory or makes creates a hardship for a certain ethnic group of people. That's, that's insulting, isn't it? That's really I, I, insulting. I, would, I don't want to speak for black people, for example, but I'd be insulted if they if the argument was I don't have enough smarts to, to figure out to get a, a driver's <laughs> license vote. or some sort of ID. Yeah, it's just anyway. All right, Fred. So next story. Everybody knows what's going on in the case of these voters. You know, it's yeah. it, it's it's pure political games. Uh, much of what is going on uh, with regards to the attack against police in this country is throwing in the race card all the time. I, I'm hoping in that in this country people are getting tired of that. Yeah. You can overplay a hand, as they say, and I think they're overplaying their hand uh, when it comes. I know we're up against a break here in just a few minutes, but when we come back, I want to talk about Kamala Harris. Vice President Kamala Harris made a very brief very, very brief stop in El Paso on Friday. She was finally pressured to go to the border. But as a lot of people pointed out, where she went to the border, there's not a crisis. No, no. She just did that so you sh- she could say, I went to the border. She, Somebody called it. A, she just basically stopped at the airport. Yes. <laughs> in, in, in El Paso, Texas, uh-huh. where that isn't the, the, uh, the epicenter of no. the problem. That doesn't. So she doesn't have to. I don't even know why she did that because uh, the Biden administration doesn't even admit that this is a crisis. No. That is hundreds of thousands. They're saying upwards of a million by the fall. People flooding into our country illegally over the Mexican border. And of course, that is what that is what Biden and Harris want. Yes. The surge. So I don't even know why they're halfway pretending that they even care. And uh, it's interesting to me, the congresswoman 
from the El Paso area, United States Congresswoman from the El Paso area, whose name escapes me right now, she was with Harris at the airport, and I watched this press conference, and she's a Democrat. She calls El Paso the Ellis Island of of the border. (laughs) That's what she called it. In other words... Bring me, bring me, you're tired, you're... You're poor, yeah. In other words, this is where we welcome everybody from the world to come into America illegally. <laughs> this is our LSI. That's what she said. I know. It was, it was like, uh, could you be any more telling than that? Feedback Montreal. Next time on today's issues, our guest will be Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Man, it's a full court press on those of us who love the Constitution and loved President Trump because he supported the Constitution and freedoms. And that's the rhetoric that a lot of your friends and family, your kids, are hearing. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. A notorious gang of atheists is demanding that a Virginia school district investigate allegations a soccer coach prayed with his team. The Freedom From Religion Foundation says a concerned citizen observed coaches at Graham High School bowing their heads on the soccer field. It's unclear whether the concerned citizen was allowed to be on school property or if they were simply lurking in the bushes while photographing the children. That's a tad bit creepy, even for atheists. They say such prayers are unconstitutional. The Third Circuit Court of Appeals held high school football coaches who organize, lead, or participate in prayers are violating the Establishment Clause. Coaches are not even allowed to bow their head or take a knee unless, of course, they are protesting the national anthem. That's okay. Prayer is not. The out-of-town atheists are demanding the school district stop all school-sponsored prayers, and maybe the district could also erect a fence to keep out any atheist peeping toms. I'm Todd Starnes. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, 
having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revow your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. By the way, I mentioned earlier that I'm going to be headed to Omaha on a driving trek with my wife and my little dog. How many miles? I don't even want to think about it, Fred, <laughs> but it's it's 11 and a half hour drive from Tupelo. Now that's, but, that's, that's normally if you go through Memphis, though. I mean... Because I forty that bridge across the Mississippi is closed. You're gonna have well. There's, there is one. One of the bridges open in. Oh, okay. You don't have to ferry across the Mississippi. <laughs> I don't have to do Mark Twain. <laughs> you mean there's a bridge across there open? There's another bridge in Memphis. <laughs> okay. I, can, I, I really you don't have didn't to go that. through there. You can go up through uh, Jackson and Dyersburg and cross there, but. <laughs> I don't think you should ever. You should ever make fun of me for being a wise guy on the show. <laughs> that was that was uncalled for. I just had an image of, of Tim and Allison putting their 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 van on this uh, log raft, yeah. a ferry, yeah. a little ferry, uh, and singing Mississippi River songs. That's, uh, <laughs> all right, I probably deserve that. Okay, so listen, you didn't have to do all it. All right, so listen. Did you hear what happened to the North Carolina State? baseball team in the college world series this is a shame for those uh, um all right let me set this up this is an actual news story yes it is a big news story because it a lot and a lot of people are aware of this but maybe if you don't follow sports you're not north carolina state uh had made it to omaha which is the college world series one of the final eight teams they won their first two games in uh, said College World Series. So they were set up to, if they beat Vanderbilt, one out of two chances, they go on and play for the national championship, in which case now they would be playing Mississippi State. Well, on Friday night, I guess it was it Friday night, Adam? Do you remember Friday night? Because I was watching. It was early Saturday um, morning, so Friday overnight at yeah. one, th- 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh the, 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 uh, okay. Friday, right. The, uh, the NCAA, uh, announced or the, that, uh, the North Carolina state would have only about half their team available because four of them, I think had tested positive two of them. Adam, tell, tell us, Adam said is, is filling in as our producer, Adam, get my details straight and then I'll take care of it from there. All right. From what I understand is that the unvaccinated North Carolina State players because one of them tested positive. All the unvaccinated were not available for the Friday game. So that left them with 13 players, I think. Uh, nine plus Which is four. like half a roster. Yeah, yeah it's depleted. like nine players and then four pitchers total. And a couple of their starter pitchers were not even available. Uh, and then they went back and they tested everybody on the team. And that's when the four that were vaccinated, tested positive. So four of the vaccinated players tested positive for COVID. But now all of them were asymptomatic. 
That's my understanding. From my understanding, too. Yes. Now, here's 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 how I feel about this. Uh, they should not have been tested. Okay. You got 25,000 fans coming in or right. something like that. I don't know if it's that many or not. Something roughly 20,000, something like that. Coming into the stadium, you're not testing them. Of course, right. uh, huh? You're not testing them. The, but the, everybody who's uh, wanted to be vaccinated has had the opportunity to be vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, why do you care whether somebody else isn't? Right. All right? Really? Now, it cost these kids from North Carolina State University a chance of a lifetime. Yes. A chance of a lifetime. Did, they, did we mention that they they were booted because of this? Yeah, they were booted. They were sent home. They were sent home. The game was canceled. With It wasn't. Vanderbilt uh, won by forfeit, basically, or no contest is what they call it, on Saturday. Now, Vanderbilt may have very well won that game anyway. Who knows who would have won between North Carolina State and Vanderbilt for the right to play in the uh, finals. Uh, so, you know, it's not Vanderbilt's fault that they're, right. you know. But, but I just have a real problem. To me, if you're not going to – if you're going to allow full capacity in the stadium – why are you testing players? Hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's outside. You can't get COVID outside running around. Everybody knows this. You're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids who are not affected. They were asymptomatic that are not affected by COVID. And we've had, we've had the whole uh, sports co- – College and professional played from the fall till now, and not one athlete's died. Right. I don't even know how many have been hospitalized. Very, very few, what I'm saying, from athletic competition. And here they are. I, I, I just fought the NCAA for testing them. I know they have their protocols in place. Should you test players and they be found positive, then they can't play. Um Maybe they should have, at the least, as told the players who had tested positive, okay, you can't play, but the re- which would have included four players, right? Something like that. Then the rest of the team, they can play. Mm. But no, they sent the whole squad home and just crushed their dreams for any kind of chance to win, uh, you know, to play on the national championship series. It's just, uh, just feel for those. I, I, just, I just fault them for testing at all. You shouldn't be testing. You're gonna let you're gonna let a full capacity stands in, then say we're not testing anymore, right? For COVID, uh, it's the same way with that golfer. You know, three, two or three weeks ago, John Rahm, he's leading a tournament by six strokes, gonna win 1.7 million dollars the next day. They tell him on Saturday when the last rounds on Sunday, hey, you got COVID, and he had been vaccinated. Yeah, he had been vaccinated, and they told him he got COVID. And you can't, so you can't play anymore. I'm just, uh, I know I've already said this three times. I'm just saying, but I'm, yeah. ju- I'm just going to say again, <laughs> these players were not in any kind of danger. Right. Nor were they in really any danger of spreading it to anybody. Uh, and it's, so I, I just think, uh, are they going to do this? Is NCAA going to keep this up for the fall when uh, fall sports start? 
you know? Uh, you mean the, testing? Uh, yeah, and if so, I think maybe we need to start making everybody cancel games because of the flu, right? You can get the flu, like, pass it around too, right? Yeah, so, I'm, well, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't see any, you know, first of all, when you're pushing vaccines and you have four student athletes who have been vaccinated and then still get COVID, you know, I, I don't know if this, this, this is, I'm just saying, okay. No. It seems to me that maybe the greater danger for these young people is this inflammation of the heart that is the reaction to the vaccine. I mean, how, how do we know that's not more dangerous for these young people than actually getting COVID? I, I just, you know, if you want to get vaccine, get vaccine. But for people to say to those who don't want to get vaccines, oh, you're you're going against science, right? And you're 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 the you're the problem with the because we can't get this under control. By the way, we've reached herd immunity now, and it is under control. Listen. Uh, when you say that, you also need to say, well, there are side effects to this. Right. I heard of a lady almost dying the other day after she got the vaccine. Somebody we knew, we knew, got the vaccine and passed out, almost died a few hours after getting the vaccine. So, yes, those are rare, but they do happen. And they do are, they, that is a consideration, especially for younger people. Why would you get a vaccine if you're 18 years old? Right. Uh, if there's a chance that your heart could be, uh, and the doctors who are looking at this, uh, these hearts, then they're, again, these are, it's I, not mostly it, non-fatal. No, it's, it, it's a, it is a minuscule. I don't want to overstate this. Right. It's, it's a minuscule number when you compare, compare it to the number of people who have been vaccinated. Right. And we know there's always going to be some cases when you're dealing with millions of people where things don't go, go awry. Right. But I'm just saying if you if you're reading about these stories where young people's hearts have been what did you call well, it's it? inflammation I think inflammation. It inflammation and then some of the doctors I've read who looked at their hearts say it looks like they've had a heart attack yeah and and the reason I said maybe it's more dangerous I'm talking about for athletes whose hearts are going to be pumping hard the, the average person it's not supposed to be fatal to have this inflammation it's temporary it appears to go away but what I'm saying is I don't think when people say follow the science at this point, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of scientific certainty anymore on what's been going on and this what is, science has been telling us. This is an emergency vaccine, remember? Right. Yes. Okay. They, there are no long-term clinical trials no. with any of this. Right. Now, uh, it may work out fine for everybody, but I'm just saying you, you have to acknowledge that. Right. That w- these, this, this was rushed through. And and uh, I'm not I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been rushed through, okay? Because people were clamoring and the world was clamoring for something. Yeah, the world stopped shut the, down to stop the spread of it. Right. So I, I am saying that's okay. I acknowledge that. But you but people who say forced vaccination or you're you are you're a uh, ignorant hillbilly yeah. if you don't get a shot. Uh, no, wait a minute. You have to consider everything we've just said the last few minutes. Including the fact that there are long no long term clinical trials with any of these vaccines, right? So, li- listen. Every night I'm watching television. That I watch television, 
in the middle of the show or the, or the game or whatever, uh, guess what? They're going to come on with about three back-to-back commercials from law firms. <laughs> and you know what they're going to be saying? If you did so-and-so, so-and-so within the years of 1994 and 19 and, and 2020, 11, you need to call the law firm of the, you'll be entitled to a class action lawsuit against right. so-and-so a drug manufacturer, a drug manufacturer. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if, if that was the science back then, right? right. They were, we were following the science and told, but people were told you take this drug. And those were drugs that were approved. By the FDA. Yeah. I don't even think these vaccines, have they been approved by the FDA? Well, I think under the uh, emergency, emergency. Yeah, provisions. So it for, for those who would say people who would go unvaccinated are, as I say, I- ignorant hillbillies, though I don't know why hillbillies always have to be the ones that take the brunt of being ignorant. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying that, uh, listen. Who's to say five, 10 years from now, we're not getting television advertisements from law firms saying, if you took the Pfizer a COVID uh, vaccine and your ears have fallen off, right. you need to call the number 1-800 and the law firm, you may be entitled. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's right. So there I vented. It is off my chest. I'm so. Uh, and we guarantee that is the last COVID rant um, you're going to hear from us on this tomorrow. show. tomorrow. <laughs> I just, you know, I feel terrible, and everybody feels terrible for those North Carolina State players and their mm-hmm. fans and everybody because, as I say, you know, you don't get to play for a national championship uh, uh, once in a lifetime, and right. it's gone now for them. All right, go ahead, Fred. Well, more happy news. More happy news. Well, let's talk about President Joe Biden. We've had a number of stories, and we've discussed it on this program and other programs. Fred, Fred, <laughs> why, why do you want to talk about Joe? Joe, well, you just let, need to pay him more. All right. I'm Creepy Joe. Creepy Joe. Do you want to hear a little bit more about Creepy Joe? Yeah, I do Joe? want to hear Yeah, but more. I don't want to hear it in that voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to do that. I've been waiting to do that. No, Go I think ahead. the voice it's we're going to hear is going to be just about as creepy. So President Biden, you know, uh, last week... They all came out of the White House's bipartisan committee, Republicans, Democrats, and and the president is leading them out of the White House. They get the microphones up there. We got a deal. So this, and they've got a deal for infrastructure, all right, for roads and bridges, et cetera, et cetera. Man, there was great celebration. Well, what the Republicans didn't know on that team was that he was going to couple it with other things. So he thought he had pulled off the greatest political victory and he went before those reporters and he was feeling pretty good about himself, but then he did something really weird. You just have a listen here. Cut number nine. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> that was a good way to end that What's one. happening? It's just so strange. Well, I don't think the media, the people who were present knew what to make of it either. Oh, no. What in the world? is? Why is he doing this? When it's, you have cognitive decline going on, these kinds of things happen. Some people without cognitive 
decline. <laughs> uh, you can act strange, but that was that's some weird stuff right there, man. Huh? <laughs> man. You got to uh, come on, man. Weird yeah, stuff. It, it kind of it, no. We've talked about this Is that before. That talked to Putin, but that was really <laughs> that was really creepy. I know. Cuz I was watching the news conference live. Oh, were you? And he, this started to unfold, and you're just staring at the screen. <laughs> this is the president of the United States. What in the world is going on? And there was silence in the room. The reporters. They didn't know whether to laugh. <laughs> they, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to laugh as if, because they didn't it, know what he was intending. What, what, was listen, it? this is exactly why his handlers won't let him talk to the press. Right. No. Uh, it, it, to do an interview. They're not going to let him answer questions for any length of time at all if it's not scripted because this guy is something's happening in his brain that that's going on here. I, I tell you, if to watch a, a President Joe Biden news conference live, and a lot, you know, even Fox they'll cover them. But the other day there was another incident. This was Thursday, I believe it was. And he was making some kind of announcement, and he was ready to wrap things up. This was just hours after the condo collapsed down in right. Florida, and he had not said anything about it. And then Vice President Kamala Harris kind of sweeps yes, by behind yes. him yeah, and whispers in his ear, Florida. Isn't there something else you want to say, Joe? Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Florida. And he turns around and he says, uh, that's why I, uh, I have Kamala here. I, I forgot to mention Florida. Right. Yeah, I forgot to mention. Right. It was just. It, it was front and center in the news at that time. Yeah. Um, well, I, the only thing weirder than that whispering thing is if he had started doing, you know, like shadow puppets or something on the wall. <laughs> you know, that's that uh, because the, the, I, I kind of felt a little bad for the media because normally if he makes a joke, they know they're supposed to laugh, whether it's funny or not. But they weren't sure whether he was trying to be funny or well, they didn't know what was going on. So also, I might add the substance of what he was saying, uh, if you can get anything from it. At the end of his thing, his comments there, you know the thing, uh, where he says, where he says, uh, "Pay them more." Yeah. Okay. What he's talking about there is the uh, we're having a serious problem across the country with companies businesses finding workers mm -hmm. the one of the primary reasons for that is because the federal government i.e biden has been shelling out money for people which makes it um, financially beneficial for them to sit at home more benefit financially beneficial to sit at home than to go to work mm -hmm. right all right now that so what he's talking about is he's, he's saying to corporations, to businesses, pay them more. In other words, if you pay these people more, they will come back to work. Well, okay. I would say this. Of course, nobody gets a chance to talk to Biden and engage him in any kind of debate, or, or you don't get to question him if you're the media because his, his handlers hide him from everything. A, the private uh, business sector in our country cannot compete with printing machines right. yep. who print money and hand it out to people willy-nilly, basically. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. You can't compete with that. So you can't compete with that. So his argument is a non. It, it doesn't doesn't uh, is a non-starter. Doesn't make any sense from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. So by him saying companies need to pay more, then people will come back to work because companies there has to be real dollars that they pay their employees. Yes. Not monopoly money. not monopoly money. It has to be money that comes from sales of products. Yes. And they, and they can pay the people who work for them. And then they have some profit that they can reinvest so on and so forth. It has to be real money. So at some point, if you pay them more, you go out of business. It's not like the United States federal government that prints funny money. Well, uh, this is why why Biden is saying, so when he says, pay them more well okay if all things yes uh, the free uh, market will determine how much people get paid but uh if the federal government is going to pay them more to sit at home than they would make to go to work and then biden's saying well then therefore the private companies need to go to 40 dollars an hour for a restaurant cook right <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. then uh then they go out of business Right. They go out of business because the only way for them to make up that extra cost, if you pay people $15, $16 an hour, a kid 16, 17 years old just starting out, is that they have to raise the price of a hamburger well, or that- whatever they're selling. In order to get back to a, a reason to stay in business, i.e. some kind of profit, you have to raise the price of your product. That you're Biden, producing. Yes, and what was Biden saying there about he he sent everybody he sent all this money out or something like that? Let's hear the horse whisperer again. <laughs> Can we do that? I, I want to hear this again. I got them one point nine trillion dollars relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's. Employees bargaining chip now. What's happening? What, what, what was the deal with the environment? I'm not sure. That was Where just, did that one come in? I'm, I'm not sure. He Are didn't you expect- asking me to get in I, Joe Biden's I brain? About, I thought he was talking about money he's given to businesses to help them through hard times because of COVID. Yeah. And then he just throws in the word yeah, environment. Yeah, I think there's in the middle the, of the those center. are two different two different things. But he's calling it an employee an employee's bargaining chip. Yes. Because what he's saying is the money the federal government gives yes. to employees now the employer has to match it. Okay. So, so pay them more. So, but but here's here's the danger, and this is how successful economies like ours can collapse: is if you continue to do this with the monopoly money, the federal government giving money away or forcing small businesses to pay more, you crush the middle class. And what happens is these businesses go out of business, they don't come back, and the tax revenue that used to flow to the federal government starts to shrink as well. Mm -hmm. Now the funny money you're printing becomes even worth less and less. And that's the danger that the federal government is running. And this is both political parties. We want to make this clear. Uh, that's the danger you you risk. You do risk becoming like a Venezuela. Anyway, that's my good news for today. All right, Fred, next up, next story. Uh, we just have a, a few minutes left, uh, kind of anecdotal stuff. We go back to the border situation. 
you know, uh, Vice President Harris goes to El Paso the other day. There's there's really, that's not where the crisis is occurring. It's McAllen, Texas, and places not like the airport. that. No, not at all. But I've talked to a few people in the last week or so who know of people who have gone down to places like El Paso on business over the last couple of weeks. And they said on the plane, this is a commercial aircraft coming back, half the plane was filled with people clutching envelopes, government-issued envelopes with print on it that said, I don't speak any English. These are people who have entered this country illegally. And the federal government is they, paying? They've been, they've been processed. They've been given an envelope. They're putting them on commercial aircraft, and they're spreading throughout all the country. Yeah. And, and I don't I know what happens. They haven't been tested for COVID. Listen. Haven't been tested for COVID. No. Taxpayers, else. taxpayers are paying the airfare to get these people to only the Lord knows where. This has happened. This, these are just little examples of what's happening on a massive scale across the country. Listen, the, the Democrat Party in America does not believe in borders. Obviously. And so they want to flood the country with people who come by the millions to come here illegally. This is, I'm telling you, you would wonder, why don't they shut this down? All you got to do is stop it, right? Trump had it stopped. Right. Why did you open the floodgates back up? Because they want to. Here's what their end game is. The Democrats want to flood the country as much as they can with people allow them to get here illegally. Then you then you push for voter amnesty and say, okay, now you can all become citizens. But they're gonna be but you must remember it's to us, the Democrat Party, who got you into the country and now you become citizens. You owe us your votes. Yeah. That's so if you wonder why they're doing this, that's why they're doing this. All right, we will return momentarily and five minutes after the news with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.